The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Rob Bills. Rob is MD and CEO of Emerson Resources. It last traded at 10.5 cents under the code ERM or Echo Romeo Mike, and it has a market cap of about 45 million. Many listeners will know Emerson for the success it's had over the years in the high grade Tennant Creek field in the Northern Territory. More recently, it has been drilling in the Molong Belt of New South Wales' prolific Macquarie Arc, where Alcane's Boda discovery has fired up interest in the region's potential to host more Cadias. Cadia, of course, being Newcrest's gold, copper, money printing machine near Orange. I'll get Rob to take us through the Emerson story in a moment, but first, I'll get him to fill us in on his professional background and something in particular I've heard uh, Rob many times refer to the art of or the need for scientific exploration. So in the process of giving us uh, that background on yourself, Rob, could you just tell us what you uh, mean by scientific exploration? Certainly, uh, Barry, and great to be talking to you and the listeners. Look, my background's 25 years as a geo with uh, Western Mining Corporation uh, in that uh, you know, I ran the copper, gold and nickel uh, exploration. Then, of course, Western Mining got taken over by BHP Billiton, and there I was the uh, global commodity specialist. So a good grounding uh, in, you know, exploration and mining and also processing. In terms of, you know, the way we've approached things in Emerson, it's really all around trying to increase the probability of success in terms of discoveries. As we all know, it's a high risk business. So the more risk we can take out of that, uh, the better it is for everyone, including our shareholders. So right from the outset in Emerson, we've undertaken, you know, science-based systematic exploration. We're certainly not uh, in, the, in the game of, you know, uh, direct to special drill holes, ramping the share, share price. Uh, we're more in the, in the business of, undertaking the best possible science and a very systematic program and you know getting our hands on very good land positions obviously the bigger the land position in uh, known provinces the better off we are and then we undertake systematic science to uh, vector in on the deposit so that's where as you said in your introduction emerson we were in the highest grade, one of the highest grade gold fields in Tennant Creek. We're in one of the hottest exploration provinces in New South Wales. So we've got two fantastic, you know, uh, land holdings there. Mm. Okay. Um, New South Wales, uh, you're not a new arrival there, but uh, predating uh, your uh, focus into uh, New South Wales, Tennant Creek has been synonymous with the company. So tell us, uh, and you've notched up three or four uh, notable discoveries there over the years. But rather than develop them yourselves, you seem to have developed this royalty stream model. Can you talk, take us through where Tennant Creek is at the moment and 
what we uh, what you can tell us about this royalty stream model? Certainly. So, look, the view we've taken in Tennant Creek is that, you know, we want to stick to our knitting in terms of our expertise is really around exploration discovery. It's not around the processing. And, and look, your listeners and yourself will realise that there is a very big risk going from uh, discovery to production. Um, you know, we've seen the likes of Gascoigne and, and Dacian, you know, think, you know, companies like that. So, mm. look, we took, a, we, took a, we took a view at the outset that what we want to do there is the most value we can add for our shareholders is in the discovery. And, and you see that time and time again with, you know, S2 Resources, you know, a number of those companies that have made discoveries, uh, you know, there's a market improvement in share price uh, around that. So what we've done is applied the best possible science to our tenant Creek field. We've made, uh, you know, a number of discoveries there, Mauritania, you know, fantastic discovery, 20 metres at 38.5 grams. Uh, Edna Beryl, 8 metres, 157. These are just a few of the intercepts there. Goanna, we've mm. got, you know, copper and gold. So what we've done is said, okay, make the discovery, then get a joint venture partner in to undertake the higher risk side of the converting that discovery and monetizing it. So we've got in the Southern Project area, we've got a joint venture partner there, Territory Resources, uh, where we have an exploration and a mining joint venture over the Southern Project area. More recently, we've done that in the Northern Project area with NT Bullion, that was announced two weeks ago. And we have some, you know, some really fantastic uh, royalties. Uh, the best royalty is 12% royalty, 12% at the Perth Mint. So 12% of the gold mm -hmm. bar at the Perth Mint that we receive, and it's virtually risk-free, as you'd understand. So no matter what their mining, processing, production costs are, as soon as they produce the gold, we get 12% of it. Mm -hmm. um, so really, um, you know, if you benchmark those royalties globally, uh, you know, they're some of the highest in the world. The rest of the uh, resources in Tennant Creek uh, that we own are on a profit share basis. So obviously then that brings into play, you know, the processing and mining costs. Um, so that's the way we're monetizing these things. And look, the biggest, um, you know, revaluation, re if you like, will be once these royalties start to flow. And that will be uh, once the, uh, you know, the, the Warrego Mill and the... Um, Elmore Mill get up and running in Tennant Creek. Right. And those two mills are obviously the responsibility of the, the partners to get up and running while you can um, focus on uh, New South Wales, which that, kind of neatly dovetails here for us. That, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct, Barry. Look, those mills, are, you know, there has been some delays and the latest is around the COVID stuff. But uh, suffice to say, uh, the Territory Mill, uh, yes, is the responsibility of our partner territory resources. Uh, they're poised to start, uh, you know, uh, re refurbishing that towards the end of July once those COVID restrictions are lifted. So they've bought all the capital items uh, and the main capital items have been purchased. They're up in Tennant Creek. They're ready to go. Uh, they're really focusing on the uh, getting the gravity circuit up and running because what we found from trial mining uh, last year was that most of the gold from Edna Beryl comes out in the gravity circuit. So right. we've got some high-tech high tech things around the gravity circuit which they're putting in place. So I, I suspect commissioning of that will be 
toward the end of this year, royalties obviously to Emerson next year. Mm. If you uh, had to, would you attribute uh, the bulk of your current market capitalisation to those NT interests alone and uh, New South Wales being not priced into the market cap? Or so, Look, you know. It's a bit of a hard one. Um, we've got some rusted on Tenant Creek shareholders that just love high-grade gold and the discovery around that. Royalties, as you know, Barry, are not big here in Australia. So I suspect we aren't getting any uplift on royalties. And also I think there's a, um, you know, an execution risk that people haven't seen the royalties flowing into Emerson coffers at this point in time. So I suspect mm. the re-rating for Tennant Creek will come next year uh, once uh, shareholders can see that these royalty checks come in, self-fund our expiration, hopefully pay a dividend down the track. So I suspect it's probably more around um, the you know, actual mills getting up and running and the royalties flowing, uh, which will drive the revaluation. Mm. Okay, and you mentioned there has been some COVID-type uh, related uh, delays and a few uh, tweaking of the, uh, the developments. Uh, but given when's clear air for the royalty stream, you think uh, next year? Uh, sometime? Yes, yeah, Barry. Look, um, so we've had a trial mining at our first mine, Edna Beryl, uh, last year, and that, that uh, territory mined about 2,000 or 2,300 odd tonnes, uh, trucked it all the way across to Cloncurry. Look, it had a head grade of 29 grams per tonne. Uh, we received a royalty check out of that of about 460 odd thousand. So mm. I think the model is proven. Um, and uh, it's a robust, very robust deposit. Um, so what they're going to do, uh, once the mill is commissioned, um, that will be the first mine uh, which will supply the mill uh, and grades like that and a gold price like we see today, mm. uh, that's money, money for jam. So that'll be the first one. Royalty checks will start flowing from that. Sitting right behind that, though, is about three or four other uh, open pit and underground operations, which they will bring into production. So I think you'll start seeing steady state royalties uh, coming into the Emerson coffers from, you know, kind of mid next year. All right. Okay. So good, uh, good point now, I think, to switch to uh, New South Wales, where I mentioned um, every every man and his dog has uh, got an expiration license in, or expiration application in that part of the world now. But you guys were there early on. Yes, we're not a Johnny come lately on that. So we took a view in New South Wales that it was underexplored, massively underexplored, and there's some reasons for that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of cover. It's fairly tough in terms of exploration techniques in seeing through that cover. We have some technology uh, to do that. We, we did a strategic launch with a small company called Kenex who... Uh, you know, do a lot of uh, big data analysis. Um, we've used them in Tennant Creek. So we picked up that ground about three years ago. Uh, you know, strong ground positions in the Moulin Belt. One of our projects, Wellington, is about, uh, you know, 10 k's away from the LK Boda discovery that you referred to earlier. We've recently been drilling about 100 k's south in that Moulin Belt, which has all the attributes that you see at uh, Katie Ridgeway. Uh, so the same same age rocks, alteration, lots of gold, lots of geochemistry. We've just finished that first round of drilling. First time that that project's ever seen any drilling, uh, deep drilling. 
um, and we're waiting on the results. We also have projects in the Narromine Belt over near North Parks. Uh, so we've got, you know, reasonable land positions over there. So in total, we've got five early stage uh, greenfields projects, which I like to term as, you know, we're hunting really there in elephant country because, you know, the Katie Ridgeway deposits, as you alluded to, very high value, very large deposits. Um, and, you know, that's that's what we're looking for. Yeah, I think if anyone had a look at your most recent presentation, uh, the map there where you've got the Boda Discovery up to the north, got Cadu in the middle, and uh, is it correct pronunciation here, Keola yes. to the south? And yes. Cadu, of course, being 43 million ounces and 8 uh, million tonnes of uh, copper, which uh, allows for negative cost gold production, which is uh, pretty neat. So is Keola the uh, most advanced? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So we've uh, we're, we've just finished the round of drilling. So prior to that, we've you know we've been out there on the ground. We've been doing systematic science based uh, mapping, um, sampling, orbit drilling, um, and IP geophysics. And and our you know this this area of Keola, it's, we've defined about a fifteen square kilometre. Uh, area of very, very anomalous copper and gold geochemistry. There's a lot of old workings, copper workings, gold workings. Uh, and these are the first, we drilled four holes for about uh, 1,400 odd metres of drilling. Uh, these are the first kind of deepish holes went down a maximum of 350 odd metres into this system. We've intersected scar mineralisation. Now, you know, the technical technical minded would 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 immediately think of scarns associated with Big Cater at the Cater Ridgeway system. That's the sort of similar sort of rocks that we found at Keola. So we've drilled through uh, scarn, we've intersected lots of sulphides. We announced some visual uh, chalk pyrite, copper, copper sulphides in a number, or in fact, in all of the drill holes. Um, and obviously, you know, we can't report anything more until we get the assay results back. Right, okay. And the limit of that drilling was 350 metres, did you say? Yeah, so the first round really, Barry, was more to just get an idea of what the subsurface geology uh, looks like. Um, you know, as I said, there's no prior deeper drilling. So we were mm. drilling a number of geochemistry and geophysical IP anomalies, and some of these IP anomalies were really tantalising. I mean, you know, they're, they're for the technically minor, they're, they're very chargeable, very very uh, conductive, uh, and and what we actually intersected was lots and lots of sulfides. So um, so we've explained the IP, and, and now it's a matter of putting it all together uh, with the alteration to go back again, do some more uh, probably 3D uh, geophysics this time, and then some deeper drilling. Mm. So uh, lots of encouragement there, hitting a scan. Um, so down the track, the target would... Uh, you know, a deep buried porphyry target of some sort? That's right. So, you know, these scans typically are on the periphery or on the, on the margin of these porphyry systems. Um, and as you know, you know, Katie Ridgeway, it's not just one single deposit, it's a cluster. So mm. what we're hoping is that within this 15-kilometre zone at Keola, there's a cluster of porphyries. Now, we need to be able to vector in on those porphyries. The scan is telling us that we're in the right general area. However, we're still, from the alteration and from our drilling, we're still on the periphery. So now we need to go back and figure out exactly 
where the core of that system is and then, uh, you know, target some drilling into that. Right. Now, this is uh, 100% Emerson? Uh, so as a, as a um, part of that uh, targeting with Kenex, um, they earn a 10% free carry to pre-BFS. Otherwise, it's, uh, yeah, it's 90% ERM, mm. 10% Kenex. Mm. I was just wondering uh, uh, if there's any uh, uh, colour you can give us around the uh, well, the exploration boom in that part of the world. Are you getting any uh, approaches from uh, bigger companies saying, uh, let us come in, cut a deal? We have lots of approaches. As you know, it's an exploration hotspot. But for Emerson shareholders, we believe that the biggest uplift is discovery and, you know, trying to keep it within Emerson is, is obviously a challenge given you know, uh, the costs associated with doing these sort of programs. But at this point in time, we don't want to uh, farm it out. We think it's it's, it's, it's a really red-hot project. Uh, we want to keep it in Emerson as long as we possibly can, but we do recognise that at some point in time down the track that, you know, we will have to JV it out because these things, these big porphyry things obviously take a lot of dollars to develop. So uh, the dual cores in the lab, uh, what sort of turnaround are you expecting? When might investors hear the results? That's our uh, yeah, look, uh, I think uh, end of July, Barry, will be the be the time when the results will start coming, uh, and and they'll be certainly interesting. As I said, uh, you know, we've intersected significant sulphides, some visible copper. Uh, also, we have high gold in some of the geochem, um, so you know, potential there for you know a bit of gold associated with these systems. But uh, look, just to calibrate expectations. Um, you know, we, we, we're still on the edge of the system. We still haven't dr- drilled the uh, the core. Mm, okay. Uh, exciting, nevertheless. So you're, you're not uh, drilling it elsewhere at the moment in New South Wales? No. So uh, we're ready to go on a project uh, in the next belt across near North Parks. It's called the Kadungal Project. So we've won collaborative um funding from the New South Wales government as part of their New Frontiers uh, program. Uh, so we won collaborative funding uh, and for, for Keola and Kadungal. So Kadungal is the next one off the ranks uh, and we'll be drilling that uh, probably in the next couple of months. That's uh, up near Fifield, I think. Is it uh, any platinum in the, your, your view of the world there or is it uh, gold copper you're looking for? Yes, no, it's gold copper, Barry. The platinum's a little bit further to the uh, to the west, so it's purely uh, gold copper. It's a this this project, Kadungal, is a uh, JV with Aralia, so uh, they're at fifteen percent, and we're uh, take we're, we're the major shareholder and we're the managers and operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, any timing on a likely drill program there? Yep. So look, I think we'll be up and running um, September. Uh, we'll be drilling that one, and we've got uh, you know. I think it's about 1,500-odd metres of diamond drilling uh, down to about 1.5 kilometres. We've got some really, really good IP anomalies. We've also, in previous rounds, intersected uh, high, high, high gold and, and some reasonable copper. Plus, you know, we've intersected some really interesting-looking porphyry intrusions. These are the things that drive the copper and gold. So these intrusions have... Chopper pirate veins in them. They're highly altered. Um, so look, we're, we've targeted these holes to hopefully intersect more of these and get a bit of a feel for, you know, what's down there at there. All right. So pretty uh, full book for the rest of this uh, this year. I was just wondering, 
what are the finances like at this stage? So look, um, we've we'll be reporting about one point three million uh, cash uh, for the at the end of the quarter. However, uh, we've recently announced, as I said earlier, a joint venture with NT Bullion for the northern project here in Tennant Creek. And now, as part of that joint venture, uh, NT Bullion are uh, doing a placement in Emerson at fifteen point five cents. Uh, you know, we're currently trading at 10.5 or so. So that's a quite a premium to the share price. So that'll add another $2 million to the coffers. Um, and then, you know, the uh, royalty payments hopefully kicking in next year. So uh, so we think we're in a reasonable position. Right, absolutely. Okay, so uh, if we could just uh, summarise things uh, for investors in terms of uh, what news flow to look out for, I guess it's FA results from Keola and then the uh, drilling program around September in the Kadungal. That's right. So uh, there's a couple of, you know, milestones and potential for re-rating. Uh, certainly assay results, Keola, um, drilling Kadungal in New South Wales. Uh, we'll be doing some also some other work in New South, getting getting ready for, um, you know, for drilling down the track. Back in Tennant Creek, uh, the the uh, joint venture with Territory Resources and the joint venture with NT Bullion, the mills becoming operational. Um, and then, of course, both those joint ventures have expiration JVs where we're the managers and operators. So drilling at Mauritania uh, and potentially at a project, another project called Jasper Hills and then drilling southern project areas. So those projects in Tennant Creek are funded by our joint venture partners, so no call on our cash for those. However, uh, they obviously, success obviously means that, um, you know, more royalties mm. for Emerson, more royalties for Emerson shareholders. Right. Okay, it's a uh, fantastic mix there with the uh, maturing production profile up in the uh, NT, uh, soon to deliver royalty streams, and of course the expiration excitement uh, uh, to come out of New South Wales. So all the best with it, and uh, thanks for your time today, Rob. Fantastic, Barry. Thanks for the uh, for the interview. Good on you.